are you? Glad to see you. Please, go right ahead. Don't mind little old me. We're drawing a Snorkosaurus, aren't we? Yes, we are. Love it. Love it. Love it. But we are making mistakes, aren't we? Allow me, sir. Eh? Thank you. As I remember, as I remember, a Snorkosaurus is a handsome animal. Regal head, more shape to the neck, well-proportioned body, and ah, yes, the feet, large but neat. And there we are, the Snorkosaurus. Oh, oh. I am such a forgetful dunce. One more thing. A snork makes melodious sound like so. Snork, snork. You've been grand. Grand. No. No, don't get up. I'll find my way out. Have fun. Snork. Hello and welcome to episode... 261 of Under the Call of MS. That was a little quote from the Dino Snorkosaurus from the Flintstones Season 1. And it just happens to be that today was the day that the Flintstones aired for the first time on TV. Back in, I believe it was televised on NBC back in the day and it started out in 1960 so that is 40 50 61 years ago that's quite a few years ago but yeah they premiered on ABC so I just figured that deserved a little quote. Yabba dabba doo. Alright, today's Thursday episode. I know I've been slacking, only getting a couple episodes out this week. Just so much going on. I'm putting my, dipping my toes into too many different things. I'm going to get myself in a big jam here pretty soon, but trying to get things accomplished and get things in a better position. I finally got my eBay store with a relatively decent amount of items. Well, I don't have my store anymore. I'm just doing the 250 free listings a month, taking advantage of that. But I got a decent amount of items at least on there. And if I can get it to the point where I get enough in there again, then I can consider opening up a store if I feel like it. But I am going to try other platforms that I am learning things about right now. And one of the most interesting is that I didn't realize how many people were taking over their sales platforms over to Pinterest. So since I got a huge Pinterest account, lots of people every day check out my items and stuff, I am going to have to advance 
that opportunity and try and take advantage of it. So I'm going to start putting items for sale through there, that link to the website, and we'll see what happens. I'm thinking about putting my podcast on there and everything else. Just put all my items I got going all in that platform, and that'll be a one-stop shop, and then I can get go from there to get into other platforms, work my way around, and try and get my old platforms back up and running and get my web pages finished building and all that and get those up. But hopefully we'll have some new things popping out in the next few weeks. But today is comics and health MS stuff. Other than that, who knows what else will pop in my simple little head. But going back to some of the bargain comics I picked up, I grabbed a pile of Big Trouble in Little China. We got issue number oh seven to 14 from Boom Studios. This goes plays off the movie. Goes into the future. And we get to see what good old Jack Burton's up to. And starts out right away with some interesting things happening to the daughter of Jack's buddy. And a little old character that Bought along his side. Oh my god. And I, I know all these people. I know everything about this story. <laughs> my brain's only thinking about Jack and Lopan at the moment, but I don't want to be just bouncing off a bunch of different names and getting myself in trouble for not saying them right or whatever, but. But we get to see Jack dealing with some demons again and Lopan and all that going on. Egg is the one that's the wizard that uh, works with Jack all the time. And Egg's dealing with some Minions of Hell, and we come across good old Jack Burton stopping to get some munchies at a diner and just happens to get attacked by a bunch of characters from one of the Asian gangs. And Jack has to deal with them. And when they are in the diner, there's a character that's just a big old goofy guy having fun, serving peas. And Wang and Jack are there, and the Lords of Death show up and cause a bunch of problems, and the 
character that serves pee just comes up with his big old frying pan and just goes around, peas, peas, more peas, and just beating the crap out of the lords of death uh, throughout this. It's a lot of fun watching their, their clashing going on and what's happening between all these characters and why they're after Jack. And then we find out things about him and Lopan and some more things that are going on. And Lopan and Jack get into some issues and Jack's little furry enemy becomes buddy, becomes enemy. The monkey man is also in here. The, uh, The rain, lightning, and thunder characters are part of this. We have Lopan and Jack get sent to one of the hells again. The hells that you can never leave or whatever. And we get to see them duke it out through there. And you have to see the torture that they get to go through and the things that are going to happen to them. We get a variety of more demons we get to learn about and see. And while this is going on, Wang and the gang are off trying to basically recover Jack, help Jack out of the inescapable hell that he's in. And when he got taken to it he kind of got locked on to Lopan throughout this and as we go through the different issues and stuff Jack finds this little this little green character that's in a big uh, chunk of armor that's blocking one of the doors to escape hell to escape the unescapable hell (laughs) And they become friends, and he helps Jack throughout the storyline. And Jack ends up getting into some poker trouble and collects some items, and some items do certain things. And we get to see more and more different characters that they keep coming across and challenges that they have to deal with. And while we this didn't have as much of the good old Jack Burton sayings as you're used to hearing every 15 minutes, some type of good old saying of Jack Burton's. We get just a few throughout here. I get to meet one mystical character that rides a turtle. <laughs> that character's a lot of fun. Uh, just... This is a very good follow-up from the movies, and it gets into a little thing where Jack's kind of like in a coma for a long time, and a group of 80s-type characters, parody characters, kind of parodying on Buck Rogers, Michael Jackson, Rambo, Jason Voorhees, and it's... They parody off those types of characters. And 
for some reason they're hunting Jack Burton down and there's a collector that has Jack's the pork chop express Jack's truck and also wants Jack's body to put in his museum and we get to see uh, what all happens with that and how that story goes it just it was a lot of fun I enjoyed it it was a nice follow-up to the movie I obviously got to get issue one to six and then anything beyond 14. Uh, see what I come across. But these, I just happened to find that they had the whole stack together in the bargain box. I just grabbed these. I didn't go too deep in and into it to find other issues that I could have grabbed that day. I just figured I'd come back one day and go through their stuff. But but yeah, I was really happy with that Big Trouble in Little China by Boom Studios. Check it out. There's been a variety of different Big Trouble in Little China runs, including the Old Man Jack and stuff like that, which I talked about, I believe, on here. If not on here, it was on Crimson Cull Comic Club. I had a lot of fun reading that run also. And then I talked about Symbiote Spider-Man Crossroads number one on Crimson Color Comic Club. I'm going to talk about issue two on here. And then if you want to hear about issue three, I'm thinking it might be done on Crimson Color Comic Club by someone else. And I will talk about it on there when they do, if they do. But we get to go deeper into the storyline of symbiote spider-man dealing with this weird gem that he's come across and someone was trying to steal and it ended up in his possession and he kind of got oh i can read this little synopsis before i talk about it but when villain moondark was propositioned to steal a rock from a museum by Carnilla, Queen of the Norns, Moondark thought he could use this opportunity to kill two birds with one stone and take revenge on Spider-Man. However, with the help of the Black Cat, Spider-Man was able to quickly turn the tide and defeat Moondark. But the win was short-lived, as Carnilla herself appeared and sent Spidey flying into an interdimensional portal, where he landed face-to-fist with the Incredible Hulk. And just like it says, it starts out right away with him and the Hulk fighting away, and he's trying to figure out what to do, where he is, what this dimension is, why the Hulk is there, and happens to just accidentally have the stone get absorbed into his skull. And it amplifies his powers and Spidey's powers and helps him with dealing with the Hulk. And while this is going on, you have this Carnilla arguing with the Black Cat and, well with the Black Cat and Doctor Strange, and they're talking about who she is, what's going on. 
And we see some other creatures in this portal with Spidey and the Hulk and a variety of things happen. I don't want to really get into it because you should read it to find out what happens between Spidey and the Hulk. But I'm still really enjoying this. I don't know how long this run's going to go on for, but obviously I'm stuck in it now because I read the first three issues and I'm very much into the symbiote Spider-Man. I really like this character. Gives Spidey a little bit darker... character and it seems like he doesn't dwell so much on Mary Jane and all that stuff around his life instead he's focusing more on the mission in here and that's what I like get your job done do it do it do it have fun get it over with and then worry about your regular life crap we just want to see the superhero shit (laughs) but yeah that was that run is a lot of fun, so I'm gonna have to find out how many issues it runs total and see what's up with that. But oh, other than that, I think we'll leave it there and get into some healthy health talk. Uh, not really much exciting going on lately with the medical front. I, other than this morning starting off just by coughing and I pulled something in my right side. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I did, but every movement I do and stuff, it's like my ribs cr- bruised or cracked. It's just I don't know if I blew a lung or what the hell I did when I coughed. But but yeah, I went in to get my teeth again <laughs> yesterday. And I don't know. Every time I go there, they tell me I'm getting teeth. And every time I come, it's another freaking adjustment. <laughs> it's like, apparently they took my cast of my shitty teeth, took that cast, added goop to it, realigned it, and, I don't know, formed it up as much as they could, and then they stuck it in my mouth yesterday, and of course, the right side touches first, when we did the bite test and all that, and they're nice and straight, I was very happy with that, they're lined up real nice and straight but you could feel when we were doing the bite test and putting a little strip between the teeth it was grabbing on the right side but the middle and the left side kind of had a little bit of a gap so it's like I told them what was up and then they make you sign these forms that you're happy with the look you're happy with the feel you're happy with all this stuff and all this shit to cover their ass but it's like well I don't even have a set of dentures yet I'm supposed to sign these forms that say I'm happy with everything. It's like, I don't even have something in my mouth that I can feel if I know if it's working or not. So how do I know if I'm happy until I get that shit? But I don't know. They must be put, pulling all this shit out to cover their ass because I sent them that 
couple paragraphs talking about how this experience has been a freaking nightmarish waste of time for the past, I don't even know how many months anymore. It's getting, getting way too long. I'm getting really old. Getting sick of talking without teeth. But I go back again. I don't know. I think it's in two weeks again for another appointment, which I am told again that I will be picking up my dentures. And and then they're like, well, then if you still have the touching and the problems, we can grind the teeth down and do that. So I'm going to have less teeth in my mouth. By the time they're done with it, because they're going to obviously have to grind shit down because it's not laid the way you want. And it's like, I just paid an extra 700 bucks over the two two grand I spent originally to get shitty dentures. And then I paid an extra 700 to upgrade them to supposedly really good dentures. And then they're still not taking a fresh print from my gums. I do not understand that. I don't know why they're taking the shitty denture and it's filling out around it and considering that to be my my tooth layout. But yeah. As with regular teeth, you can have issues with bad breath and stuff like that. Uh, It's like a lot of people think they have bad breath when their breath is normal. Others have terrible breath and don't know it. <laughs> it can be hard to smell your own breath, let alone judge its odor because it's under your nose all day long. So your nose is used to whatever's coming out of there. So it's not going not gonna to really give you the what you're looking for. And you can blow it into a balloon or blow it into a jar. And I... Still don't think you're going to get the effect of the smell because you're used to that, to your own smell. So, but if you trust someone enough to give you an honest opinion, in the middle of the day, but not after you just ate something with onions or whatever, uh, ask them if they can just confirm your breath is problematic or not there's many home remedies you can use to eliminate bad breath Uh, bad breath typically originates in the mouth where bacteria is present when you eat bits of food they get caught in your teeth bacteria grow on these bits of food releasing foul smelling sulfur compounds And with dentures, you don't have those gaps in your teeth, so your food can't get caught in them. But food gets caught behind your damn dentures, (laughs) which is annoying, especially if you're eating something crunchy and it gets stuck behind there. It can hurt quite a damn bit. Tiniest little thing is getting caught behind there. But all foods get stuck in your teeth, but certain foods like onions and garlic more commonly lead to bad breath. Digesting these foods releases sulfur compounds in your bloodstream. When the blood reaches your lungs, it affects your breath. Which I never knew that before. That's interesting. Uh, 
Poor dental hygiene is the most common cause of bad breath. Preventing plaque buildup is key to maintaining a healthy mouth. You should brush your teeth using a fluoride toothpaste for two minutes at least twice per day, morning and night. Some people find that brushing after every meal is necessary to prevent decay and bad breath. Uh, to prevent bacteria from growing on bits of food stuck in your teeth, floss at least once a day. Uh, it can Bacteria can also accumulate on the tongue. Causing a foul smell. There's a little thing known as tongue scraping you can do to remove this thin layer of film. But yeah, you can get a toothbrush or a specialized tongue scraper to brush or scrape your tongue at least once a day. Parsley is a popular folk remedy for bad breath. Its fresh scent and high chlorophyll, chlorophyll content suggests that it can have a deodorizing effect but you gotta watch it because some people cannot stand parsley whereas others can so you gotta try it that way and i use parsley in my homemade dog biscuits i used to make for my pupper and that way it helps with their bad breath too because dogs got stinky breath man <laughs> Pineapple juice is the quickest and most effective treatment for bad breath. Wow, never heard of that either. Uh, there's no scientific evidence to back it up, but reports say that it works. Drink a glass of organic pineapple juice after every meal or chew on a pineapple slice for one to two minutes. It's also important to remember to rinse your mouth and of the sugars in fruit and fruit juice afterward. Water. Uh, research shows that mouth dryness often causes bad breath. Saliva plays a very important role in keeping your mouth clean. Without it, bacteria thrives. So drink lots of water. Keep that mouth moist and bacteria free. Uh, drinking water throughout the day will help encourage saliva production. Aim for at least eight glasses of water a day, they say. Yogurt contains healthy bacteria called lactobacillus. These healthy bacteria can help combat bad bacteria in various parts of the body, like your gut. One serving a day of yogurt can help fight with bad bad breath. It should be non plain, non fat yogurt. You don't want the fruits and the different types of things that can cause more odors in there. Milk is a well known cure for bad breath. Research shows that drinking milk after eating garlic can significantly Improve garlicky breath, and if you're in the hot peppers and stuff like that, milk's a good quencher. Fennel and or anise seeds can be eaten plain, roasted, or coated with sugar. Uh, they have been used to freshen breath. In parts of India, roasted fennel seeds are still used as mukwas or mouth fresheners. 
Oranges not only make for a healthy dessert, but they also promote dental hygiene. Zinc salts. Uh, it's an ingredient in certain mouthwashes and chewing gum. can counteract bad breath. Green tea is an effective home remedy for bad breath. It has disinfectant and deodorizing properties that can temporarily freshen the breath. Uh, apples, a study found that raw apples have a powerful effect against garlic breath. Uh, certain compounds in apples neutralize the foul-smelling compounds in garlic. Homemade mouthwash with baking soda also known as sodium bicarbonate, can effectively kill bacteria in the mouth. Uh, Toothpaste that contain high concentrations of baking soda effectively reduce bad breath. And you can add two tablespoons of white or apple cider vinegar to one cup of water, gargle for at least 30 seconds before spitting it out. This contains a natural acid called acidic acid. And bacteria don't like to grow in acidic acid. So you can try that out. But I will leave that there. And we will get back to you with some other health stuff right after this. Okay, we talked about bad breath. So let's talk about water to wash that stinkiness down. (laughs) You hear it all the time. You should be drinking more water. How much depends on the person. But generally speaking, staying well hydrated offers a host of health benefits. That includes higher energy levels and better brain function, just to name a few. And they say get eight glasses of water a day. I say basically get like 64 ounces in you. Best way to do it is drink a glass of water with each meal. And one glass of water between each meal. And then take a glass of water to bed. And you can start your day with a glass of water if you don't eat breakfast right away too. But it's a good way to get at least five five glasses of water in your system a day, which we're made up mostly of water. We need water to replenish us. Every time something's wrong with you health-wise, there's a very good chance that you're slightly dehydrated, and that's a good part of the reason that you're having problems. So drink water. It's free. You can have it from a tap. It's like tap water. Is found everywhere from the water that flushes a public toilet to the water that comes out of your kitchen sink or cleans your glassware or your dish, dishwasher. But you got to watch where you get it. Uh, yeah, many people are uppity about it, won't touch tap water because of taste or safety concerns. But the truth is, tap water is safe to drink across much of the United States. And we have water water treatment facilities and all that stuff that it goes through. A lot of that water goes through more filtration systems. 
it than the bottled water. And tap water isn't only good for you, it's cheaper than buying various types of bottled water. And we have found over time that a lot of bottled water is just bottled right in. Very little filtration used at all, so... That's no different than tap water in many places that they're getting it from. Uh, there are things that are put into place with industry regulations and stuff that are meant to keep lead and other harmful substance, substances from contaminating the water supply. But sometimes that don't work. It can happen like the crisis in Flint, Michigan, where they have problems. But at least they're trying to filter through stuff, whereas if you're just pulling water from a riverbed, you don't know what's coming down the line from that. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Let's see. Plastic particles. Research shows that plastic particles in tap water supplies are in tap water supplies around the world. Public water supplies can also contain pesticide residue, aluminum, and other undesirable substances. However, you're worried that the treatment that the if you're worried that the treatments performed on your water supply aren't up to par, you can always purchase a home filtration system for further cleansing. And then you got your tap water, you don't have to worry about it as much. And if you're afraid of that, you can always try mineral water, water, which is pulled from a mineral spring. Mineral water is, as the name states, full of minerals, including sulfur, magnesium, and calcium, all things that are good for you. It does indeed have some health benefits, since it provides those minerals to your body that your body can't create on its own. It can also help aid in digestion and many people even like the taste of it over tap water, though that's down to personal preference. One of the main downsides to mineral water is cost, especially when compared to tap water. Many of the minerals from this type of water can also be obtained from a healthy, varied diet. So, just drives me nuts that all of a sudden we started paying for water. And then we pay for air. <laughs> and it's like all these companies and corporations pollute all this shit. And then we have to pay for different versions of it. Plus buy their products, support their companies, build up their companies. And they should be the ones putting the money out there to fix all these problems. Since they're causing most of them. And get us shit that we don't have to pay for. But spring or glacier water are types of bottled waters that are claimed to be bottled at the source from where the water flows, either from the spring or the glacier. The pros, in theory, spring or glacier waters should be relatively clean and free of toxins. They also contain many of the same helpful minerals found in mineral water. And you can it's find it in stores with brands like Evian and Arrowhead. 
in both large and small bottles, which make it easily accessible. Depending on how much you drink, spring water could get pricey, especially in comparison to tap water. Also, some spring water is raw, unfiltered, and untested water, which could pose potential health risks, depending on what it contains. And you got to think about your water. If they're pulling water from a spring or a river or whatever flowing water source they find, that water is probably going through herds of animals and fish, bacteria, and byproducts, and the things that are in the minerals in the ground and the earth. And you have no idea what's coming from upstream. And a guy could be sitting there gold panning away and decides to take a pee and in the river and as he pees it goes down into the filtration system and goes right into your bottled water that you're paying tons of money for at a store at a higher cost than a gallon of gas you're paying way more for water than gas which is ridiculous uh sparkling water sometimes referred as carbonated water or soda water sparkling water is infused with Carbon dioxide gas while under pressure. It offers a different mouthfeel to flat water, which can could be a welcome change if you want something fizzy that doesn't have sugar or artificial sweeteners. Then you can throw some chunks of cucumber, lemon, or lime, or whatever you want to flavor that water and give it that little sparkly soda effect and give it some flavor. But while there are some minerals present in sparkling water, there aren't enough to truly benefit your health in a meaningful way. And it can be expensive compared to both tap and certain types of bottled waters. So you're paying more for it and you're getting less than the stuff that you pay less for. But many people think because they're paying more that they're getting better benefits from stuff. Distilled water, it's boiled and the steam is collected and condensed back into a liquid. Distilled water is a great option if you live somewhere or are visiting somewhere where the tap water supply is contaminated or possibly could be. There are no vitamins and minerals in distilled water. There are no health benefits. In fact, it has the potential to be Detrimental as non-mineralized water tends to pull minerals from where it can, in this case, your body or specifically your teeth. So it can weaken your teeth and stuff like that. I didn't even know you could drink it long term. I, I know, I don't know how it affects the body overall, but I've heard mixed martial artists that when they're trying to lose weight and pull the water and stuff out of their body, they drink distilled water for some reason. And I assumed back then when I learned about that stuff that it has no benefit for your body, but it kind of can harm your body in long-term use that they only use it for a short duration just to help with the weight cuts, I believe. So, 
take that into consideration. Your drink, your distilled water is best used for items like my CPAP needs it for the water to water container. Um, but yeah, I don't really use distilled water for anything else. Purified water is usually tap water or groundwater, which has been treated to remove harmful substances like bacteria, fungi, and parasites. And it's a lot of your bottled waters will have be considered purified water. Like distilled water, purified water is a great option if you your immediate water source is contaminated. Because all potentially harmful substances are removed from purified water, you also miss out on some of the potentially beneficial ones that are added to tap water supplies like fluoride, which helps to reduce tooth decay. And I've heard bad things about fluoride too, so I don't know what to go with there. But flavored water or infused water is water that's sweetened with either sugar or artificial sweeteners and contains natural or artificial colorings or flavorings, I mean. Flavored water like Hint or Propel can offer a tasty alternative to plain water, which makes it easier to drink in large amounts. If you like that taste, I think they taste like shit. So I don't think they're easier to drink. I'd rather just have nice, clean, ice-cold water myself. Often flavored waters contain added sugars or artificial sweeteners like stevia, which is should be totally wiped from the earth. That stuff is nasty. I don't know why the hell they put it in stuff. Varieties with sugar can lead to weight gain and have negative effects on those with diabetes. And some people may react negatively to artificial sweeteners like me. They're gross. I don't want them. Alkaline water is higher pH, has a higher pH level than normal tap water and contains alkaline minerals and negative oxidation, oxidation reduction potential, ORP. Uh, the fact that this type of water is has a higher pH level has led some people to believe that it may help neutralize acid in the body, help slow the aging process, or even prevent cancer. But there's very little scientific truth of that being true. It's generally safe to drink alkaline water, but it could reduce stomach acidity thereby lowering its ability to kill off harmful bacteria. And personally, I'd rather have gut bacteria working than anything that's flushing it from my system. So in excess, it could also lead to metabolic alkalosis, which could produce symptoms like nausea and vomiting. Yum. I think I'll just stick with regular water. Got well water that comes straight from the ground, though it's untreated and carries with it a number of risks. Uh, if you happen to live in an area where your wells are plentiful, or you even have one in your own backyard, the convenient access to what seems like fresh water could be attractive. There's many proponents of raw, untreated water. 
The benefits may not outweigh the potential risk, though, because the water hasn't been treated and it's sitting stagnant. There's a big chance of contamination, particularly from bacterial and parasitic infections like Gyardia. I mean, have you seen The Walking Dead with the zombie in the well? I mean, come on, people. You hear about kids falling in wells all the time and stuff. I ain't taking no risk drinking out of a bucket out of an open well. I'll do the hand pump. You'll go to a park once in a while and you'll see the old metal hand pump. And you pump away and it sucks the water up from the earth. And pumps out the water into a bucket or whatever. And you can drink it fresh from there. It's basically a fresh spring water. But it's funny because a lot of them are right alongside a lake. And the lake's just nasty and brown, and you know that the same exact water's coming through there as what's going through the lake. So it's like, if there is any filtration through the rocks or anything like that, the gravel, and hopefully they got like some type of charcoal bed that it goes through or something. But, but yeah, you take risks with any type of open source. But while you may have a preference for which type of water is best, generally there's no one type that promises greater health health benefits than the others. So long as the water you're drinking is clean and safe, the main focus is to make sure that you stay hydrated and to ensure you're drinking enough water on a regular basis. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, let's see. Still focusing on the patient getting paid uh, program, trying to get that working out. Still working on the teeth issue, the teeth front. Uh, in a couple weeks here, I'm getting to see my MS specialist. So I get to get my blood test done, my first round of tests. To find out how uh, the mabbing, how the mabbing clod affected my body. See what the numbers say. I have recently started adding certain things to my routine again. Uh, like I mentioned, I started back on the MCT oil. I've been working with some of the CBDs again. Um, Slowly bringing turmeric back into the fold. <clears throat> I keep coughing in that freaking side. I don't know what the hell I did to it. It hurts. <laughs> it does not feel good to cough. It doesn't feel good to laugh. I just found out too. Uh, yeah, pull the muscle or something. But, uh, yeah, so in the next couple of weeks, it'll be hopefully teeth. <laughs> yeah, see the MS specialist, get the result, first round results from the whole Maven Glide thing. Get that going. Uh, I'm sure I'll find out when I go what his plan is for my next MRI since I was lucky enough to skip an MRI for the first time this year. Which was nice. Yeah, I got to take Ma for one on Friday, but tomorrow. But 
I thankfully don't have to do an MRI for a while. Uh, I'm not sure what else we'll go through with that. Kind of interested in talking to him about a couple of things. We are going to discuss uh, certain pain issues and fatigue issues and see what we're going to start on with that next. Explain to him how this Belbuca stuff, we just keep increasing it, but I'm not noticing any type of effect from it. I'm going to hopefully talk to him about the Sativex, find out if there's any new updates or reports on that. And can't think of the, I have a couple other questions written down for him that I want to go over. And then I also want to get put in for the ear specialist and get this weird stinging, stabbing, kind of electrified megaphone style sound that's going through my left ear every time I talk. I don't know why the left ear is affected. But the left hand side of my body is the side that has the most issues with my weird MS issues, my foot drop and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm going to see what happens, see what, whether he will do the referral for that or if I go through my PCP because I'll be seeing her probably, uh, I think after the MS specialist and the next one up is the urologist again, which gotta go over that crap because I don't know, my bladder issues are all over the place right now again. So that medication must not be working as well as it was. And then I get to see my PCP, I think, after that again. Uh, In between all that, I have a good feeling I will be going within the next month to get needles jammed in my knees again because my knees are starting to act up again. You can tell with the weather change and all that shit. So I'll probably get cortisone shots pumped into the knees. I'll probably do the feet. Get the needles jammed in the heels probably about a month after the knees. Get that all prepped and ready for winter. And get prepared for whatever this nightmare is going to bring since the geese are already leaving us. Way earlier than normal. I've been hearing nightmares about this being a bad winter, but we hear that all the time. According to the wooly bully I've seen so far, it was all black. I'm saying it's going to be a mellow winter, but we will have to see. I don't like that the geese are leaving already. But other than that, uh, let's see. I can't really think of anything else that's going on at the moment. I'm just trying to get. A lot of shit back on track and try and get some appointments done with other people and stuff that I got to get taken care of. So hopefully we'll do that. And I'm getting looking forward to going to MS specialist and stopping at the comic shop I haven't been to in a year. So might stop at two of them out there around the hospital, but we'll see. And I got plans for 
maybe this weekend going and seeing the new Venom movie and next weekend probably going to another comic shop that I'm looking at to start getting back into my comic shop reviews. So hopefully we'll have one old one or two old ones and one new one to talk about here in the next couple weeks. So you'll have to see what happens. Let's end it with some old weird news. See what we got here. An expensive restaurant called Cafe Make. Cafe Make. Or Cafe Make, I think it is. Believe, or no, okay, let's redo this. An expensive restaurant called Cafe Make Believe in Tel Aviv, Israel, has or had tables, chairs, plates, silverware, menus, and servers, but no food or drink. The manager calls it conceptual dining. People come to be seen and to meet people, but not for the actual food. The menu lets diners order some of the world's most exquisite dishes served on elegant but empty platters. No mention of cost was in the article at all. So I'm curious. Here, there's another example. Paying for water and stuff like that. Well, now you're paying for air. Food that's not there. <laughs> so you're getting a fancy plate with nothing on it. And you're ordered some really expensive item that's not there. <laughs> I, I want to know more. Now I know if this place is still in service. If, they're, if they have a menu with a price list or not. I just, I'd love to know more about that. But it's in Israel, so I will probably never hear or find out anything else about it. But, yeah, that just, that was interesting. It caught my eye. But that's good for today. We're going to leave it there. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Don't be good to the monster. Leave that little prick where he belongs. And check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. Keep up with Under the Call of MMS. Rate, review, send us questions, comments. Good, bad, don't care. Just send us something. <laughs> we'll talk about it. If there's something you want to talk about, I will try and talk about it if I can. But that's it for today. And you be good. And we'll get back to you soon.